0: All right. Are we live? Yeah. Yeah, we're live. We're live. We're live. So, um Brandon and Mitch, I'm Pat. And Hi. welcome to the Thursday live stream. Hi. So, we have one of our sponsors here in stu- in person in, in the studio. studio. So, we want to start off by talking business, right? So, Mitch, tell everybody a little bit about Arms Preservation Inc and what you guys do. Arms
1: Preservation Inc anti-corrosion barrier packaging for all of your firearms any of your accessories your ammo anything metal put a clean item in the bag pull it out whenever two years three years four years once a month twice a month you're going to have a corrosion free weapon available to you your ammo is going to be kept safe not corroded we all know what happens to ammo when we leave them in moist environments sure moist environments you will see corrosion our product helps keep them from corroding. It's um, awesome. Fully reusable. Mm-hmm. Put a product in and out of it a couple times a month, and it's still going to last up to five years because of our technology and the way that we designed it, the way that Jason designed it, a matter of fact.
2: Vapor
0: corrosion inhibitor, right? The that VTI is correct. Technology. Vapor so,
1: corrosion
2: inhibitor. Yeah, and they're they're super tough too. I mean, they're not just a little thin. You know, or you put something in, it's gonna rip. You know, like, we've uh, seen those bags, right? Or, with yeah. this, this
0: uh, certain manufacturers will put like a one-time use, like a disposable type yep. bag, mm-hmm. in with a gun, and it's blue. Looks pretty good, right? But it's very cheap material. So, so the, the inner
1: material different. of our bag is made of that. And the way how ours works and lasts so much longer is because we put an exterior barrier layer, which ah. keeps that DCI molecule inside. Nice. We also use a little bit of a thicker mill on the interior right? Uh, to make sure that it gets some longevity. But absolutely, same type of idea, but that's how we keep that VCI product inside. It creates a micro environment right. every time you put your gun in The that.
2: Velcro's great too. Very durable. Very like, you can use that
1: hundreds, if not probably thousands, of times. We try so. opening all those right after we package them after they've been <laughs> oh, on the Oh man! They're, yeah, they're it's difficult a, to. Yeah. we've got our little tool. But listen, that's what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to shake your gun mm-hmm. and not have it bounce through that Velcro. I believe it. So. Yeah.
2: Oh, it'll yeah. it'll
1: definitely hold. Like, or I'm you sure put, you
2: put an ammo can worth of ammo. Yep. Shake it. It's not going to come out. Yeah. You don't. You yeah, don't want
1: sure. it to tear open. Now those yeah. have the Ziploc on top and they're gusseted in the bottom to fit your ammo can whether it be 30 cal or 50 cal it's set up for that purpose
0: yes you've got the ammo can liner you've got the pistol bag you've got the shotgun bag you've Mm -hmm. got the tactical bag and then you've also got a shorter version of the tactical bag that's that's more for
1: like a military type of application right that's actually the one the military has contracted us and utilized and bought from us uh, which is the the M4 bag. It's meant for your shorter barrels, but it'll still fit your 16-inch with a comp on there or a 13.7 with a comp. Right. Matter of fact, we had one with a suppressor on there. That's it's just cool. an example, and there was just enough room in there for that thing to fit. So Very cool. And these are obviously something that are like made overseas and brought in. Of course. And you bring of course. Yeah, why we, no, every single part of our bag is made and sourced in the USA, from the That's Velcro cool. to the barrier packaging itself and even the construction done right in fairport new york you're buying u.s from u.s
2: people is it uh i don't know if it's something you can get i know like with clothing there's like berry compliant is that right. something that you're pursuing or like because that matters to me like if i see something that's Barry compliant because i think that means it's it's just a paper trail where you can prove that everything is sourced you know uh I think that'd be really cool. I, don't I know think if that's awesome. You guys are working on. Or, I have not know, looked into
1: that. Jason might have already looked into that. By yeah. myself, have not.
2: You might have had you for like the if the if like for certain government contracts, contracts and or whatever. And yeah, like that. might be yeah. something you did already.
1: Yeah. Jason's the but mad scientist behind it. I'm just the uh, I'm just yeah. The where's he? Bucks. He's cool. Yeah. Where's he? He's cool. Oh yeah, he's, he's cool. He's not here tonight. <laughs> that's okay. Well, it, we're happy you were able yeah, to be here. Super happy.
0: Only room three people
1: yeah trivial, we yeah. couldn't yeah. really fit
0: <laughs> everybody back here He's together anyways. He <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. we just make it Too tighter right um so we have one more sponsor to cover and then we'll talk about why we're all wearing these goofy outfits so um beyond driven performance and fitness in leroy new york um right there on main street 24 7 access uh they have your spin fit classes they have your boxing classes they have your crossfit classes. They have, you know, so many different uh, programs available. Personal training. Are you gonna uh, get funny looks if you
2: showed up in like tactical gear?
0: You know what? They have a pretty cool clientele and a pretty cool environment over there. I have worn a plate carrier in the weight room there before. Yeah, and it wasn't a problem for me. Um, they do a Memorial Murph challenge every Memorial Day. That's actually very cool. so they. You know, it's known that they're supportive yeah. of our community, right? Yeah, um, super cool. Yeah, so
2: no, I would say that Can if you go over, over the, the Murph real quick for those people that don't know. With, oh, yeah, if like you're not real, familiar with like, the Memorial. It's like a daily workout you do, right? <laughs> that's just like, I that's avoid that thing that. like the
0: plague. <laughs> no, um, so it's a mile run. Uh, so first of all, generally, it's accepted to do it in kit. Um, I, in my opinion, if you're not doing the Murph in your gear, you're in if you don't have gear, you're not doing a Murph. Right, because you have to put that shit on. Sure. Um, so it's a mile run, and then you have to do hundred pull-ups and two hundred push-ups and three hundred squats, and then you have to do another mile run, and you're supposed to do it four time. Um, yeah, and you can break up the pull-ups, push-ups set, or pull-ups, push-ups, and squats however you want, pretty much. So. What's
2: the What's the max time? Like, what's your What's timing? So out? my best time
0: is like in the thirty five minute range for the two miles and. Yeah, slapping. so it's probably like an 8-minute mile twice and then like 19 minutes for like the work. Something something like the that. Work. So, but yeah, I mean I I don't know if I could do that this coming May, but I guess we'll find out together.
1: Brandon said he could. I guess we'll
0: find out together cuz <laughs> you'll
1: be there doing it I, with
2: I can't do a pull up, let alone. Well, there, but I, so, so that's a goal sure there's a we lot of people in the comments which is Plus. somewhat the The point of, you know, us being here tonight or, you know, the the intent of tonight's talk. Yes. uh, I think there's a lot of people in that same boat. But Beyond Driven Fitness, you can get fit. Oh, 100%. And, uh, you know, get to that that level of where you want to be. Yeah, we were talking
0: about the sleds and stuff like that. They actually have a a section of turf over there at Beyond Driven where you can do your pushing and your pulling on your sleds. They have a rope that you can climb. They have, like, the Rogue like assault style all salt bikes yeah they have uh they have uh the concept to rowing machines the good ones so yeah i mean they have like the real you know functional fitness gear that you're looking for so state-of-the-art equipment great staff great facility can't recommend them enough always like to say nice stuff about them so nice um so now
2: Todd, uh, so do we got anything yeah.
3: over there yeah, it's people about the audience, saying
2: hello. How, how is like our audience? Three
3: hundred thirty-three thousand viewers. And wow! Oh, wow! Well, everybody's being pretty quiet. That, that Ethernet. High. I think they're listening to you. That, that Ethernet
2: cable really yeah. made a difference. <laughs>
3: oh, <okay. laughs> oh uh, I, can can I introduce you?
2: Yeah, this yeah,
3: is yeah, our, this yeah. is our new yeah. friend, uh, Josiah. Josiah's so not our new friend. I he's mean, it's He's the stream, like, yeah. he's not new to me, but he's new to, to you. Well, that's um, fair. Uh, yeah, so he's going to be helping me out uh, with live stream stuff because you can't see how much stuff I have, but it, I need a second brain, and he is really good at this stuff. So we um,
2: contractually had to allow you to have a life outside of the firing <laughs> pin, too. So every now and then you can't be here, so you know can't just know, keep him chained to the labor
0: forklift these days, days. <laughs> You know. All right. Well, we all learned something new yeah. today. so that's yeah. good.
2: <laughs> So cool. um why why did we put our gear on? So all of this uh Special we put engine. on so that we could talk to you guys about uh the
0: tactical games, right? The tactical games skirmish. Um it's one of the things that uh we've been involved in here for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um and we really we really dig it. So I think we got our start doing that in 2020, right? Um, cuz I went uh to Pennsylvania and um Mm-hmm. Competed in the first uh, first tactical games event, and I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Had a, maybe it was twenty
2: nine. I'm trying to remember. Back. Somewhere in there, I'm trying to think of. Time is crazy. Yeah, since the pandemic. Yeah, time is crazy. <laughs> that's, it was that's a certain real. a certain amount of time ago in <laughs> the past. It was many Pat moons, moons ago yeah. before tonight, and so we did. We did
0: that, and it was a lot of fun, and then right kind of right away we decided we wanted to get involved mm-hmm. as like an affiliate, and we wanted to bring it back with us. Because um, we wanted you guys to potentially get involved and suffer as well. Um, so, the skirmish, the Tactical Games skirmish, is kind of like a gateway drug, if you will, <laughs> to get you guys excited about going to and competing in the bigger Tactical Games events. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As an affiliate, um, I've been in contact with the Tactical Games proper and they've kind of changed the program a little bit um, in terms of their level of involvement and the things that they kind of are asking of us and kind of the things that they're giving us in return. So they're going to be helping out a little bit more on the marketing side, on the programming side. Super cool. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of like a training style of an event um, and they're going to be offering a little bit more s- support and guidance so that we yeah. know that we're, you know, it's uniform and we're doing the same thing as everybody. Because up until now, I think everybody that does a skirmish kind of does what they want to do. Hmm. And um, it's hard to know that the product is going to be consistent from one place to another. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It is a, it is a unique uh, sport. Yes. or Or... Uh, like division of our industry, you know, however you want to put it. Uh, There's countless, you know, there's USPSA, there's IDPA, there's Cowboy Action, there's this, there's Steel Challenge, there's all sorts of things. Uh, And tactical games is its own, you know, niche. And it has its own uh, quirks and set of rules and just things that make it unique. Correct. Uh, I definitely think this is one of the more physically uh, geared... Um, disciplines, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're going to compete and want to do well, obviously you have to be in the best shape to do tactical games versus USPSA or any of the others. Not like being it's in more shape will I help say. you in all yeah, of yeah. those things, obviously. But yeah, mm-hmm. this is the most. Like, you're not going to run a mile in a USPSA match. No, you might have to move either. between stages, some right. and whatever. But like, yeah, like a tactical game stage might be going a three mile run. And there's targets interspersed or at the end or at the beginning or whatever. So, so it, is yeah. a, it is a very uh, physically demanding sport, which is good. There's a lot of people that are looking for that. I think it's the most, I don't want to say like realistic for what we buy these sorts of things for. But there are certainly, you know, there's a subset of gun owners um, that want to be prepared for any scenario that want to be able to take care of their families, that want to be able to take care of their communities. Sure. And it's a it's a prime, you know, uh, if you think of the, the foundational reasons for the Second Amendment, you know, um, militia of the people, things like that. Uh, so there's certainly a subset of people that want to train and want to, you know, maybe you're a veteran and you want to stay, you know, at that level that you were and you... you you know, I, I would you enjoyed those things got paid for them. Yeah, I stay current, all those things. So, uh, I think the tactical games is the best way to express that, to kinda use use your kit. I, I don't want to say LARP, but that's what a lot of people I think it know, is I think there's people, nothing wrong with that. Like it's honestly, not a four letter word. I mean it is lardy. a four letter word, but it's not a derogatory term like some people would use.
0: I I know? say LARPing to describe like honestly, like I'm not when I go out and I put my gear on, right, I'm not doing it for any professional yeah. reason. Um, I don't have any like specific thing that I'm trying to be prepared right. for. Right? Any specific? There's no event events coming that yeah, right, yeah, yeah. that I that yeah. I think I need to be prepared for. Oh, right? Yeah. And yep. Mitch, like you're just a regular civilian dude, right? But you've That's competed true. in a couple of skirmishes at this point, mm-hmm. and um, so I'll throw it to you for a minute because I want to get you involved in this conversation. So, like as somebody who is. You know, obviously, been in the gun world for a little while, and you like to shoot. Like, when first of all, how long have you been
1: shooting? Like twenty odd, thirty odd years, something like that. Since I was young. Oh, um, so yeah, long since time, I was young, but not not AR, Just mean going out with my grandfather when I was a, a kid hunting. Sure, fifteen um, years ago. To fifteen years right. ago. All right, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, and then just shooting with my friends as as I got older. Um, you know, and and obviously, some people go their own different ways always like to shoot, but there has to be a reason behind it in some cases. Like, when you go out and train, you go out and train. But here's something I want to dispel, at least get some people really amped up. Regardless of your body type, regardless Mm -hmm. of your current training level, we've seen plenty of people go out there from being really athletic, really skinny, older guys, older girls, Mm -hmm. uh, getting out, enjoying it, and just doing the activity. Because at the end of the day, we talk about functional fit when you're exercising, right? you need to know how your equipment works in case you need to use it in a situation. Sure. You need to know how your equipment works, whether it be cold, sure, hot, how your, how your gear feels on. Let's say you're running in it. Let's say you, you now know how to sling your gun accordingly and actually access your gun, whether it be your sidearm or your primary rifle. Correct. These events are fantastic for you to get out and test your gear, regardless of your physical conditioning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then too, if you're like me, it identifies areas in your physical conditioning that you were deficient in, and now you know where you need yeah. to work. Yeah, correct. Because let's let's say this were to ever happened. I don't think it, it would happen, but in case it were, let's say you're called upon by your community. Are you going to be an asset or are you going to be a liability? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, I don't want to be a liability. I want to be able to work my gear. And you said it, too, uh, 100 times, um, ounces equal pounds and pounds equal pain. We we set up our guns a certain way Right. because we love the look of it. Right. But then, when you get out in real practical application, how <laughs> how <laughs> so functional stupid. is that gun? Right. Are you going to be able to carry that for a long distance? No. How does that gun feel, bouncing on your shoulders as you're as you're moving? Correct. How does it? And everybody, too, it's a great opportunity to get out and not just be static shooting, right? Like mm-hmm. Just drawing and mm-hmm. shooting, shooting, shooting. That's fun. But what's it like now that you've had movement into it? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, so many great.
2: What's it like now that you've got a squad of your peers watching you? You know, and there's a shot timer. Yeah, and yeah, all, when you put people on time, all yeah. all sorts of weird stuff starts oh, to happen. It's right? very fun, very fun, and yeah, for sure. I have noticed the the few that we've hosted here, and you know, the after action reports that I've heard from the other ones that you've hosted. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on like our buddy Dwayne. I don't know if he's watching right now. But Dwayne is. is is very similar uh, in body type to me. You know, we're former like collegiate athletes. That's his that's his favorite line. Right. Uh we're not in, you know, we're we're no pat. You but
1: know, he does well. we don't, we
2: don't. But yeah, and he, he has really the most mal. fun. He probably has the most fun out of anybody there. He knows he's not going to win. He's there to try out his stuff, to have a good time. His attitude is always amazing, way up here. Amazing. Yeah, he's and learning. That's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, he's yeah. learning. You're he's learning.
0: there to you know meet some new people mm-hmm. potentially, mm-hmm. Or, or see his old, see his friends from yeah. the yep. you know because it's a community thing at the end of the day as well, right? So, it is. It yeah, is. no, I would yeah, say don't, that.
2: Don't be uh, sorry as no, the, right. as the big guy. Like, don't be discouraged if you're not able to do. Uh, all the pull-ups and all this and all that. like. So, you know, yeah, let's
0: talk about divisions for yeah. a minute, right? Because, yeah. like, there, everybody's going to feel like, you know, where do I get going, right? Like, what's, what's going to be the right thing for me? So, there is a division um, called the light division, right? And in the light division, you don't have to put on all of your stuff. Now, we'll talk about the gear itself in a minute because, Mitch, you've got uh, a very uh, specific, I, the 511 TAC tech... Uh, plate carrier that's designed specifically for like movement and being functional stretching. And, and stretching and all of that kind of stuff. Brandon's got the really nice cry precision, like the jumpable plate carrier, the like special operations, that. like that's
2: something that's like, yeah, yeah, because
0: just in case you never know you if do you got to jump into yeah. a place. Yep. Yep. Like your truck, you gotta jump in there right quick. <laughs> yeah, you'd be able to jump right in, <laughs> jump right back out again, you know what I'm saying? But no, so, um, and then you know, I just got like a regular, like, civilian, um, ot, ot gear plate carrier, you know, nothing special or whatever. But point being, there's they're a little bit different, right? And we all had a different kind of reason that we selected them. Um, if you want to compete in this sort of event you don't necessarily need to have a plate carrier right so you don't necessarily need to know the equipment that you need right out right out of the gate as far as plate carriers are concerned um if that's a you know a barrier to entry let's say or you're worried about whether or not you could actually move in it because it's going to be some additional weight Mm -hmm. um we have a division for that we have the intermediate division which is more geared towards people who have a you know An established level of physical fitness, let's say, and Mm -hmm. that know that they can shoot um, in general. And they just want to go out and, and, you know, kind of get their feet wet, so to speak. There's the elite division for you guys that really want to go out and get after it. Heavy, heavy weights Mm -hmm. in the elite division. um, Very stringent accuracy standards. And the guys are absolute beasts. Um, I compete in the tactical division, which we're not doing a tactical division for our skirmish. We just didn't want to get too in the weeds with it. Um, basically, in the big games, the difference between a tactical and an intermediate event would be in the intermediate, you can take apart the weights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like if we had a sandbag, let's say, that weighed 200 pounds, you could break that sandbag down into individual components and move it that way. Sure. But if you're in the tactical or the elite division, you have to move it as like a unit, right? Gotcha. Um, everybody's allowed to shoot with dots now. That's cool. Everybody's allowed to shoot with compensated handguns now, Um, so they've opened it up in that regard. No, I'm sorry, except the elite division can't shoot with dots still. But if you're in the tactical or the elite division, you have to move it as like a unit, right? Gotcha. Um, Everybody's allowed to shoot with dots now. That's cool. Everybody's allowed to shoot with compensated handguns now, Um, so they've opened it up in that regard. No, I'm sorry, except the elite division can't shoot with dots still.
2: Everybody except okay. yeah, and
0: they put it to a vote. That's cool. As well, and the elite athletes themselves were like, yeah, "No, yeah. we I don't want, it. we don't want dots." That is cool. I th- so I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: But that does make it more accessible for everybody else in all the other divisions, being able Correct. to kind of run whatever. Yeah, because you know? there's like you said, there's enough. Not that you need. The plate carrier and all this, you know, but even just even just showing up to one of these events is a lot. It's an undertaking uh, financially. Let's
0: yeah, say, it's a com- It's definitely a commitment, right? Yeah. And you're gonna have to get outside of your comfort zone. I think for the most part. Oh wow, we're gonna Gee. have to get outside of our comfort zone. You know, to get just out there and be, um, you know, in the mix with all of those people in a new environment uh, to learn something new. But I think that's yeah. important. And we've we've all you know been there at some point in time, gone
1: someplace new to try a new thing, right? So, this oh, yeah. is this is just like that. Ty, do you have the, the link to put up there where people can go check it out, sign up for our next event? Because the next event is coming up soon. It's the twenty fifth of March, Ty. I sh- I didn't give you the
0: link for yeah, the show. That's my bit. That's no. okay. I'll get it. We'll post it in the comments down below. Um
2: we're having connection
0: issues Yeah, we're character. having big time connection issues. I see that. Yeah. We that were, is we wild were, stuff.
2: That number on the right, Mitch, it's going up to like eighty eight percent, eighty nine percent. Usually that's to stay at like it usually stays at like three percent, four percent. I don't know what it actually means.
1: That's not audience participation. No,
2: nope. I wish it was. Oh, that would be cool. But yeah. I think it, once it gets to 100, we all die? No,
1: <laughs> I don't know it's at we, no. we get trapped in the
2: internet again. Does it go over 100? It's crazy. What does that even mean? No, I don't know if there is over 100. What is that labeled, Ty? What is it say? 100% of it's 100% awesome. Cash. It's cash. Oh, cool.
3: It's the, I'm looking at like the Facebook Oh, sure. cool. stuff and
2: it. We're it, pretty dead. It's, I bet. It sounds so stupid. We need to get Spectrum or whoever in here whenever it rains. Like I don't know if it's like our junction box like where they brought the line in or whatever. But like, is this <coughs> is this when it freezes up? Mm-hmm. We have well, no. Usually time. we get into about like an hour yeah, is usually when, and it's power, only been what, 15 minutes. fifteen minutes? Twenty-two. Yeah. So like, um,
3: we still have audio running because one day I'm gonna upload all these to Podbean. Sure. So we're still. Good on that. So we're still.
0: Right. Uh, no, we're, we're yeah, we're still getting, we're still gonna get some content out of this, so, so like, that's good.
3: Looks like we're
0: coming out of it. Okay. It's so cool. Stupid. I got the Ethernet cable and everything. See how it goes. But so yeah, uh, I'm sorry, where were we at? So di- that was a, kind of the division. Breakdown yeah. is your light, your intermediate, your tactical, your elite. There is a master's division for guys that are over 40. We have a master's 40 plus. There are women's divisions as well. We just have a, a regular women's division, and then we have a women's 40 plus uh, for now. And then we'll, the rest will kind of expand out as
1: needed. And it's amazing, the interest from women that I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm, I'm working with Pat in essence of, I want to get this out. It's such a great program, mm-hmm. great camaraderie, mm-hmm. a lot of similar interests in there. You're meeting people from across the state. Uh, but I've been I've been speaking to a lot of different women about this lately. And yes. they have high interest in getting out. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty shocked at the volume of them that want to get out. My wife being one of them, a couple of our friends we go to the gym with. Uh, they're in and they're telling their friends. Everybody is getting excited for this next opportunity. It's very interesting because I, I tend to
0: agree. Like I see women as like the next big market for mm-hmm. this. Spe- I mean, shooting sports generally, we know it. But I see women being the next big participants in this sport. And I'm, I like it. I think it's awesome because um, it is a good test of not only the gear... But also of, you know, your physical fitness and your ability to actually apply the skills when you you most need them, right? Which is when you're under pressure. So whether it's time pressure, whether it's physical duress, whether it's your peers watching you, that performance anxiety, knowing you only get one opportunity to do your best, right? There's all these factors that kind of like when you put somebody in that competition setting, it just, you can either do it, or you can't. Mm-hmm. And you learn pretty quick, um, and then, you know, some people be, get better at it, and some people just give it up. Right. So it's kind of interesting to see how people respond to that. Ty, do we have any um, questions, comments, concerns, pitches, gripes, complaints?
3: Yeah, we do have a question.
0: Mostly complaints. Um, <laughs> I mean,
3: that's Do better. Uh, I have a question from Mark asking,
2: um, hold on, let me... Let me see if
0: this works. Is it one of the marks, one of the many
3: whoa.
2: marks that we know? Oh, now there's two. Well, sorry. There were two of us. There's an option
3: I don't know. Like, I want to
2: learn how whoa. to do it. Whoa, now there. Go. Look at this. Oh, that's cool. Ooh. There we go.
3: What? Oh, what? Uh, uh, two uh,
0: ties. We had two Joe okay. ties.
3: So, there is a question from Mark. Okay. Um, he's asking. Uh, will we be ever holding any room breaching, clearing, or CQB type courses? Uh, the state of local stand makes it pretty tough to do anything substantive.
0: Um, I mean, honestly, we could do. That would be open enrollment <laughs> stuff for something like that is kind of tough to advertise because the people that it's gonna attract, I don't know. It's just there's.
2: I, I would say there's multi multiple reasons. There's many facets to that, that make question. It tough. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, number one, not that Pat doesn't know things about that, or not that we don't have people that know stuff. Uh but I don't know, it's not like you have a certificate from the army that was like, You went to door breacher school and you know how to teach other people how to do it. Like, well yeah, there's to, really like, no
0: yeah, there's I don't know. It's really tough to like validate
1: I don't and, know, man. And like, then I'll, I'll just put I it probably out there wouldn't where, like,
2: do it. <laughs> there's <laughs> probably just wouldn't do it. There's a lot of things that I think a lot of us want to train to do because there's nothing in like, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with having a ski mask in your car. Right. There's nothing inherently wrong with carrying zip ties in your trunk and duct tape, but like sometimes you put all those things together and you know you got some explaining to do that you don't want to have to do. And I, I feel like we already push that envelope enough. And I'm certainly not going to say that there's no legitimate reason a civilian needs to know that, because I don't think such a thing exists. Like, mm-hmm. if there's if there's knowledge that exists, then we all, like, you know, there's not certain tiers of people that, like, oh, well, only the elites get to know that, or only right. the privileged few get to know how to do that thing. Um, but, yeah, it's difficult for us to, like... Hey, come on to TFP and get door breaching like classes. That's Be really just, difficult yeah.
0: for me to like justify why I was teaching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Or you know, CQB I guess is different. That's that's a more you know, but that isn't involved. That is a that is the tip of the spear, the most advanced of the advanced type of training that you can do. Because, I mean, when we do, like Pat said, when you do open enrollment type of classes to get someone to come out to take like a basic level course as a prereq to take, you know, a course where now you can at least, like, draw from the holster, and then you can take a class about, you know, shooting on the move and shooting from different positions and doing all these things. There's such a build-up, you know, you would legitimately probably have to take 20 to 30 hours of classes to get to where you'd like probably feel comfortable doing like what you talk about when you're talking about CQB of like slicing the pie and like you I know think a lot of people don't door, realize whipping yeah. around and engaging like and, like there's a lot to that. I
0: Think a lot of people like, don't realize how much of a work up there really is yeah. to like actually doing a shoot house even with like blanks or even sure. even with yeah. like yes yeah. with airsoft, right? Like usually you well, would do like um, a glass house and you do it with like SWAT hands and like no guns. Sure. Right. And then yeah. you do like a glass house, maybe with guns. Right. And then you'd go to a place and mm-hmm. you'd actually like do a single room and then you do like a hallway and then you do like a stairwell right. and then you do like multiple rooms. And then there's like this whole process, right? So you're not going to. Yeah. There's no way to like.
2: And then even like not to keep talking about this one topic, but like then you go on to like look up project uh, what is it? Project Gecko mm-hmm. is one page that I f- I'm familiar with. Yeah, And right, that's that's a that's like a dude or a bunch of dudes or a, a training company will say, and that's all they do is like here's here's a doorway. How do we deal with it? And they will essentially like go through almost like PhD mm-hmm. level like courses of instruction on that for like real operators and stuff. And even there. Are they teaching the right thing? There'll be a million people in the comments being like, "Nope, that'll get you killed." Like, "Nope, we did it differently when I was in in, in Fallujah," you know. And it's like, okay, you know, even like the best guys in the world, they can't teach it right. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: No, there's yeah, there's like dynamic versus deliberate, and there's all this stuff with single man versus a team, and that, so many. Di- so no, it's crazy. I'm just not, I'm not even good. There's so many more qualified people to do yeah. that. I'm just
2: it's tough. It's it's very tough. So. Know that we want to do those types of trainings, but it's just not realistic right now. No. Yeah. There's, there. I mean, probably the closest you could get would be like going to SIG Academy, right? Like, but I don't they don't teach a CQB, do they? Oh, they teach many CQB classes. Do they? Yeah. Are they like open enrollment oh, yeah. like for anybody? Okay. Yeah. The, well, so they man. do, like, uh, but you can't just show up and take one of those. I'm sure there's pretty No, course, yeah. You right? have to, like, you have yeah. to go
0: to many different, that's, the, that's where they're really going to have a. A barrier to entry, mm-hmm. right, is going to be, yeah. you're going to have to do, like, handgun 101, and then you're going to have to do, like, handgun, you know, sure. the progression, and then uh, even, like, to go to, like, Kyle Lamb's, like, night fighter sure. or whatever, or yeah, street fighter pistol class, there's, like, a, you have to take multiple classes there before you can go to right.
2: that, something it's, like it's that. It's involved. Yeah. Any other questions? Uh,
3: yeah. So. I never know what's the best view for this. Cool. We'll just keep it at that. Uh, the same person asked, is the tactical games individual or a team event?
0: There are multiple different lanes. There there are team events you can go to. Um, I think Panthera right now is the host of the team event. Um, and I think But I'm, there may be a team division in every event at the bigger games now. I don't. There's definitely team events available. I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction, um, but if you go to the TTG page, then they're going to have uh, all the information about the various divisions. And I did. I recently signed up for another event in Ridge uh, at the Ridgeline Training Center, in New Hampshire. And if I'm if I'm remembering accurately, they do have a team uh, division there. That's cool. Yeah that'd be fun that would I think that's like a really useful way yeah. to compete right is because um, first of all you can if you're traveling somewhere like I'm going to New Hampshire it would be really nice if I had somebody that was going with me <laughs> to that wanted that. to yeah. like split the driving yeah. and like maybe um, well as far as like accommodations I'm going to be set there like I get to stay with the fam so I'm not going to yeah. have to shell out but the otherwise hotel. you know yeah. usually you have to yeah. yeah, for sure. Like if I was going to West Virginia or somewhere, yeah. Kentucky again or something like that. But, hey, speaking of, for all of you guys out there that are watching, if you would be interested potentially to go to a Tactical Games event at Ridgeline Training Center in New Hampshire in June, I'm going to be headed that way, and I would love to have some company. So, cool. um yeah, I mean, I can go by myself. I drive to Maine every once sure. in a while. So it's a far drive, though. It mm-hmm. is kind of a long drive. It's kind of a pain in the ass. And honestly, like, I wouldn't mind, like, having somebody that I could kind of, like, hold their hand and, like, sure. help them through their first event, right? So if you're looking to go to your first event, um, or if you just want to come, hang, I don't care, um, Yeah, PM me, or...
2: Slide. Slide in. That's Slide
1: five,
0: into his DMs.
2: Message. Oh,
3: Direct message. Direct message, oh, private, DMs. whatever. You know, Slide just right do in. the
1: thing. Send.
0: If you got my phone number,
3: hit <laughs> me up.
1: June 17th and 18th. Correct. That sounds accurate. That's accurate. It's my daughter's birthday weekend.
0: Oh, that sounds accurate.
3: Where can uh, where can I find it um, so I can post a link?
0: Where can you find what specifically? Is there of? an event on
3: Facebook that you guys have? Is Probably in the
0: Tactical a a Games website. Yeah, just go to the TT. Oh, you're saying uh, the link for my thing?
1: Yeah.
0: Here, I'm, I'm actually so, going to send
1: it to you. Yeah. And you can shoot it to him.
0: Thank you, Mitch, appreciate it. Yeah, Come the on. Practice score, The Corps, pra- it's on Practice core. Mitch will send you over the link, and you guys can go check it out. We have 20 slots available um, across yeah. all the divisions. And um, I'm really excited for the, the new format. So let's talk about the new format specifically, because I kind of alluded to it. Sure. Um, so the way that we've kind of done these in the past is the tactical games has a basic format of tie. a strength-based event and then a speed-based event and then a long movement or endurance-based event. And that is usually like the, the programming sure. across yeah. um, all of their...
2: You're kind programs. of free to come up with how you're going to do that, but... For the most you part, yeah, we've been kind of... And they give us, yeah. like,
0: some examples of, like, sure. hey, these are some things that have been done in the past. And we know, like, the equipment kind of, like, various things that we've used as far as tools go. We use sandbags. We use sleds. We use maybe some yokes. Um, we use body weight is a really good one to get people, like, yeah. broke mm-hmm. off a little bit. Um, and so we um, have basically been left kind of, I don't want to say to our own devices, but in a sense, we've been kind of coming up with it on our own. So now, the way that Tactical Games wants it to kind of go is we're going to have three specific like shooting events they are going to help us develop some of the programming, and then we're going to have like a mini stage that we can put people in, and they can kind of run through it multiple times. So it's more of like a teaching mindset as That's opposed cool. to um, a competition-type mindset, right? Because yeah. the idea is... You know, they want us to be able to help the sport grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, the, we've the we definitely seen a lot of growth in the couple of years that I've been competing. And uh, even here in New York where the gun culture is relatively weak, mm-hmm. we have seen a lot of... In, I mean, we all have friends yeah. that, you know, have gotten involved and then gotten at least one other person involved. And um, so it definitely seems to be spreading, which is... Which is really cool.
2: definitely seems like something once you do it, you're kind of hooked to. Oh, absolutely. Because it is, I mean, for most, a lot of us are spoiled. When, you know, either you come here or, like, there's guys that go out to Polar Wave or whatever. You know, and LARP around, we'll say. Right. But there's only so many uh, safe spaces, <laughs> safe opportunities to, to do this. Especially do in New like York. Valuable, you know? yeah. yeah, like, actually um, valuable training. And And, right, to try it out and that is a great way to look at it like yes it is a competition but it's it's really it is training it's a test you know, it, re- it really is and that's that's a it's a it's not a formal like where you're getting taught by an instructor but it's still just as valuable of you know here's what I think is a presentable kit to use for this scenario and yeah, it's a test, does it work or not? You know. It's kind it really of like I guess it's you. more of a
0: validation of training.
2: It's like training. An unguided training or some type Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a validation, validation. I like that. you know what I mean, yeah. like
0: of training because like to me, like I have an event coming up in June and they're going to be putting out information between now and then and there's going to come a certain point in time, I don't know exactly when that certain point in time is. There's going to come a certain point in time when the stages are going to be available and mm-hmm. up and you'll be able to like review them. Right. I don't know that, in I, I never know that information. Like I don't go yeah. and search that out. Yeah. I find out where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. and when I'm supposed to be there. And when I get there, I get the briefing and I ask my questions. Right. And you watch I the hope I don't have to go, go it. first. Yeah, like. <laughs> of it. I don't to have to go first, so I look like a dork. Right. Right. But I I don't really get like way down in the weeds about like oh this is the thing and then I'm gonna
2: go and I'm gonna, yeah. I don't yeah, this there's some styles of competition like USPSA or whatever where there where you you almost have to do that you have to like okay I'm going to step off on this foot just to engage these rich, I'm going to do a reload do that here too. like
0: I do USPSA yeah. and it's fun and I like to yeah. go but I'm not a big stage planner there either right cuz it's not a to me that's it's a game and if I want to be the best at the game then that's what I'm going to sure, do sure sure right but right now I don't really care about being the best at the game right I care about going out there and figuring out if given a situation that I don't really fully understand or maybe know every, all the details about, mm-hmm. I can go and like process information sure. and make yeah. sound decisions yeah. and handle my gun safely and physically do whatever I need to accomplish in order to complete the stage. And that's basically what I try to do. So, you know, and I think there's value in that, and mm-hmm. I think there's value in doing it the other way, too, like trying to have a very, like, rote plan, like, hey, I memorized all of this shit, sure. and now I'm going to go and try to If execute. that's your goal, yeah. Right. yeah if yeah, that's yeah. the goal and you want to be the best at the game, I don't necessarily care, care about being the best at the right. game, because I don't think that that's, right. that's not what I'm in the game for
2: and tactical games i mean the way some of those stages are set up you could be the best shooter uh, you could have the best plan you could have in theory the best you know you sh- you're the number 1 seed for that that stage but uh, those stages man they'll sometimes they'll just kick your ass you know you yep. can't you can't pick the thing up and get it over your shoulder Right. every time yeah, you do you, you end up dropping it if like you like take too just, many penalties like, yeah, like, yeah or just something yeah
0: at the uh, end of the day, the shooting is weighed more heavily. I was going to say, yeah, the it, is, shooting it is, is a shooting yeah. competition. Yep. Ultimately, right?
2: You do have to have the athleticism to do the job, but that's cool, definitely yeah. like the ones that I've seen. Uh, people win or lose on the the, the shooting is cool. where the, was where the match is actually determined. Like as long if you can meet that barrier, if you can do the job, okay, everybody can do the job. Then, yeah, the shooting is... And it's strict, it's especially... I remember in, in the Pennsylvania,
0: the guy the that won the division. intermediate division... Yeah. The guy that won the intermediate, I... Like, he must have outshot everybody because he never really looked like he was, like, giving his, hmm. like, um, an all-out effort to any of the physical shit. Yeah. Because he was just like, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to shoot sure. my very best. Yeah. That's and the physical time. shit, like, yeah, I'm going to do, like... He was trying not to gas himself out. Sure. Like, as long as you like, don't time
2: out. Right. right. Like, yeah.
0: And I think it was kind of his first event as well. And he mm-hmm. ended up winning the intermediate division. He was wow. an awesome shooter. Yeah. He was physically fit enough because he beat me and, like, all the, the whole something? other field. It's, Pat's like, yeah, he wasn't that fit. fit yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but, like, that, it wasn't about that, though, sure. is, is, like, right. the point. is yeah, like, yeah. he didn't I have mean, to though, go out there yeah. and, like, be the most physically fit dude there in order to to win and be successful and at our skirmishes it's kind of the same way yeah you don't necessarily have to be like you know a stud to come out there and perform well you just have to go out there and and you know know how to run your gun and be physically fit enough i guess
1: well i think is a and probably should go to a question but what i think is good is adjusting your kit Mm-hmm. How many times have you adjusted your kit since you started training? How many times have you adjusted your rifle setup your different optics? The gun legs, yeah the gun more it. than anything yeah.
0: it's it's really been for me the journey has been more changing the the rifle because the the kit like I pretty much know what I want to do as mm-hmm. far as like how my my gear wants to be set up. I just want to run something that's like gonna cov- give me as much coverage as I need that's gonna be low profile but it's going to be scalable so that i have as many mag pouches as i need and i can put more stuff on if i need it right because ultimately like i want to be as small as possible but i also like to have the ability to add little pouches and, and danglers and stuff <laughs> like that right because you never know what other things it's you might need so that's
1: that's you right on your on your first one or at least where you're set up and your history that you have but let's say we're somebody new yeah so you don't know and you buy a gear you buy some gear you buy your gear you know it works you test it out uh even down the ear pro so i remember Mm -hmm. one of the events i did and we you had us doing burpees in the mud yeah and i went down to do one and my ear pro came off correct Uh, it slid right forward i was sweating my ears were sweaty sure just came right down on me and i'm like all right and i know what i need to change or Let's say we're operating on the VTAC or one of the other more compromised positions while you're shooting, right, right. you know exactly your positions, how stuff meets up, mm-hmm. whether or not your eye pro is right, your ear pro is right, mm-hmm. whether or not you like your brace or you want to go to a longer length and have a stock, um, you know what is going to fit best for you. And again, I find a different value in these games as practical application. I know how I work and I know what I need to change. I mean, After the first event, I went home and changed, like, five separate things on my rifle. Sure, correct. From barrel length, from compensator to flash hider, uh, to a different optic, a magnifier. I went to a longer-length barrel instead of the shorter-length AR pistol. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I changed up everything. And the next round I went out, my rifle game was on point, loved my setup, and I knew what I needed to change. Two, I changed handguns in that second round, and I I knew which guns now I don't want to run. Um, in the next round yeah for so, sure like like you say a lot of people
0: are gonna find that whatever they initially buy mm-hmm. isn't optimal right and they may have to change some stuff up so one of the cool things about coming out to something like a skirmish is you know it's not quite as expensive it's not quite as big of a commitment as going to one of the bigger games so you have an opportunity to come out see other people and what they're doing and maybe ask some questions. Um, to kind of figure out you know what are what's the experience level of the person that you're getting your advice from right because right. or you know what where is their where is their knowledge base kind of coming from because we've all seen people out there who have their guns set up in one specific way and like, yeah, this is what works for me and they're they're confident in it sure right up until they're not <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, right up until we find a way to, like, disrupt that confidence.
2: Well, like, there's a lot of things where, all right, if I go down this journey of I'm going to get a gun, I'm going to get this kit, I'm going to get all this stuff for whatever reason I get it for, because I want to, I get it for self-defense, I get it, you know, because I saw some guy on TV, whatever reason it is, and you make all these decisions that you, you know, you make them through these thought process. you know, on paper, we'll say, you make these decisions and then you do it. But when I go to the range, I can practice with this stuff all day. But generally, you know, you're not going to shoot a VTEC drill uh, with that barrier. I mean, if you have property and you, you know, watch the right video, sure you will. But generally speaking, like someone that uses a a normal shooting range or goes to a normal gun club, you're not going to do those. They're not doing any positional shooting. Like, if you come here, you're
0: standing, you're shooting static on the firing line. If you're smart, if you're really, like, dialed in, you're going to, like transition of the support sure. side shoulder. Maybe come over like,
2: to, like, the barrier, maybe. Right, you may or try to, but like, yeah.
0: brace off when of you're, the one of the walls. And just,
2: like, I, I guess, like, humans in general, we seek, like, comfort. We know, I know if I go to the range and just stand here like normal, I can shoot nice, tight groups and I can Correct. be happy about yep. that. But you're not, like, pushing yourself ever. So that's what I love about these skirmishes and the games and all that kind of stuff is, yeah, it's pushing you to do shit. Like, I didn't, I've never wanted to do burpees in the mud on the range, but, like... God damn it. Like, everybody else is doing it. Like, all right. Like, it's fantastic. When in Rome. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's
1: actually fantastic. Leaving with your gear all muddy. I still love that picture where I'm, I'm looking at my nice guns covered in mud in the three days of cleaning that it took to it get is them is off. It is freeing.
2: Like, once you, once you let go, then, yeah, just allow, One of my allow fav- it to happen.
0: One of my favorite pictures of me ever from any of the competitions and shit that I've done is me in Kentucky, and I've got, like, my... Thirteen point seven inch gun slung. I'm wearing an army combat shirt and a hat, <laughs> like a contractor hat, and my head is dead. Kind of, I'm looking kind of at the ground. So I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I'm like, "So dead," and I'm just covered in mud and shit. Yeah. And like, Ugh. I was miserable in that moment, yeah. but I learned a lot from going to that event. Sure. And you know, I I would do it again.
2: Yeah. It's like hiking a mountain. It's not fun necessarily in the moment, but then okay. you're ha- very happy once you get to it's that other side, you get to that su- summit, yeah. We got a uh, we got some uh, engagement over there. What's going on? Yeah. Um, Mitch,
1: yes.
3: Walk me through your first time shooting a gun. What was it like?
1: When I was little? Yeah. It was with my grandfather. I want to hear the story. There's not much to it. He we went out, I had a 22. Nothing big. He was exceptionally strict. So I come from a very strict like you do it a specific way. So I don't know if I want to dive too far into that, but it was uh, it was a very strict. You sit down like this. You hold the gun like this. You don't do anything else beyond. Um, How old do you think? I was eleven. Yeah, I was eleven. Yeah, yeah that was it's uh, a good age. I I brought my daughter out. I'd rather talk about my first time with her, but um, do that after. Yeah. So I, re- I remember that very first time I pulled that trigger. Like that, that sits there, but it was it was my it was my grandfather who was, you know, the one right near me. So, yes. yeah, I, I just remember that. So, and I'll I'll venture into my daughter's. So with her first time shooting with me, I brought out my father-in-law, so her grandfather, who's also a uh, Vietnam vet from the Marines, and it was just he was very similar from what I remember uh, to my first time. Like very strict, everything was well structured um i didn't touch the gun until it was set out in front of me and did the same thing with her but she i think she had the same enjoyment she loved it. a little 22 little lever action 22. nice it's addicting i, I felt like it was a uh, a better engagement to the body to the mind like with that lever action cool. instead of just semi-auto click 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 sure to, like really get her in there but i remember i remember loading it yeah, that brings me back a little because I don't actually think about much of my childhood, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Pat? Thanks.
3: What? I want to hear your story.
1: First time shooting a gun? Yeah.
0: Uh, sh- well, first time shooting anything was a pellet gun. Uh, my dad actually bought me a pellet gun for like my 8th ni- or 9th birthday, 8th birthday, I think. And it was a... Re- uh, it's a daisy 760 pump master nice. I still remember the gun yep. and and um, little like three power scope on there and we were shooting crab apples at my grandma's house nice.
2: and it was awesome that's fun
0: yeah it was a lot of fun yeah. and then the first time that I got to shoot like actual firearms we shot a 22 and then I got to shoot the 30 or the 357 with some 38 loads in it and then I got to shoot the model 29 44. And I, that, I was like nine years old, and that was pretty scary, um, the Model 29. But I remember I hit a paper plate, like right in the dead center of the plate nice. on my first round. Nice. But after that, I couldn't hit the plate again. <laughs> the gun was all over the place. Yeah. I Because I was scared of it so that's yeah. a lot
2: for nine that's a lot that's a big yeah my first experience shooting handguns Any was kind of a little handgun. bit intimidating that's, that's young but for yeah but it
0: was fun it was a lot of fun and then first time shooting a center fire rifle uh was a 30 30 that my dad got me um because we were getting ready to go deer hunting nice so
2: nice right before my hunter safety course Me? Yeah. I actually have not. I still haven't shot a gun. (laughs) Still haven't. I'm not. It's not really my thing. No. uh, Same as, like, I always had a BB gun or a pellet gun going back. Uh, I can't remember a time I didn't have some some type of, you know, from, like, the rubber band shooter when you're a little kid with the clothespin. Sure. Uh, I always had, you know, cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers, all that kind of stuff. And then it had to have been in Scouts down at Camp uh, Sam Wood we our troop like had a camp out one of our leaders was an instructor for rifle merit badge so yeah I would have been 12 it would have been just right when I had turned 12 for New York State right you, it's the, technically the youngest you're supposed to be able to shoot sure, sure. Uh, but yeah we did like rifle merit badge one weekend and I remember like coming home from that camp out on Sunday. And I, like, begged my dad, we went to Sheard's, uh, which was a shop here in Virgin. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. closed up now, but Over we went Lake there, like, the net, like Monday, like, that following Monday when he got home from work. I was like, Dad, we gotta go! Like, and I still have it, uh, out at their house, a Marlin uh, Glenfield, uh, like, a little bolt-action
0: Like a Model 35 or something like that?
2: Something like that, yeah. It's just a really, you know, it's got a little woodchuck on the on the stock. and Yeah. Uh, we were just reminiscing in the Discord the other day about how, like, you know, how much prices have come up on this and that. And, like, I remember getting, like, a little allowance as a kid, and it was just enough to buy. Uh, federal used to sell these 500 rounds. Like, you know how they sell the BBs in those, like, cartons, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, like, one of those 550 rounds. And, like, with tax, it was, like, I think 20 bucks or something, like 1988 or something like that. Right. And I had, like, just enough for my stupid little chores as a kid, and that was, like, my weekly... Like, I would get that box of ammo, and I would burn through it in, like, two or three hours out back, <laughs> and then I would be like, damn it, I have nothing left. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. And then I I can't think of, I feel bad, I can't think of my introduction to, like, bigger, bigger stuff, but I know I got into, like, military surplus. I think that's where a lot of guys, young guys, you know, get into having, you know, M1 Garand and the 03 sure. Springfield and stuff like that, and... Yeah, yep. What about you guys, Ty? Let's flip that camera around. Oh, okay. How'd you get into guns?
3: Um. So, here. I'll let me find myself. Sorry, <laughs> stage, stage, stage right, right. Is that how that works? Um. So I'm I'm from Burgeon. Uh. Yeah, my my grandfather. Uh, some people might know him if they're watching Bruce Cooper. He. He, uh, his, his, his dad owned a gun shop in Rochester way back in the day, uh, right in Greece or off of Lyle, Elvenar Road. And um, I guess it's just kind of in my blood. My grandfather took it over when my great-grandfather, you know, died. And my first um, time shooting, I used to go out back with him in the village of... I don't know if I should be saying this, <laughs> in the village of Virgin, and we'd shoot up an old Rochester Air Company... A pellet gun Which I didn't know Anything about guns Back then And how cool it was It was like Those nomadic Oh yeah Like yeah. air guns um, So Every Friday night I'd go out With my grandparents Middle school And just go shoot Pop cans And apples And random stuff And then um, My uncle took me Shooting I was probably like 14 or 15 That was the first time I shot like An AK And Nice yeah, I was hooked. That was that was just like that, like that exhilarating, like holy <laughs> crap, this is awesome. Um, Josiah,
4: yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, my dad was uh, in the army, so like he always liked guns. Uh, but yeah, the first time I ever shot a gun was one of those little cricket twenty twos, or uh, the chipmunk, chipmunk, nice little woodstock single shot twenty twos. And then after that, it was just friends, you know, different different ranges, Ooh, so friend's house or whatever. And uh, shot at AR and was surprised by how light that was. I was probably a teenager, you know. It's like, oh, this is an AR-15. And I was like, it was pretty easy, <laughs> you know. But uh, after that, it was just, you know, personal interest.
3: I just, nice. I think, like, those military rifles, they have so much hype built around them. I mean, what year was that for you? Probably, like, 20, 30, 20 like, 12? Yeah, 11?
4: It could have been, like, yeah, 20, It's probably 2010.
3: Same around for me. So guns didn't have, like, the super bad stigma they had today, but, like, I remember thinking, like, wow, the AR is such a big, crazy caliber, and the first time shooting an AK and an AR, it was like, okay, that's it. It's very fun, but not as much as I... The media had made it seem out to, like, had seemed to be, so, uh, yeah, good old thousands.
4: Yeah, I had a, I had a friend who I, she came to her friend's house when we were shooting at the house, and I uh, let her shoot a couple of my airs, and then I was like, so how was it? She's like, "That yeah, was fun. I was like, yeah, 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 that's <laughs> the big old scary gun. That's <laughs> what
3: they don't want you
2: to have. It is always interesting to me, people who, you know, I mean, people get into this hobby at every stage of, of life, and. We certainly hear, like, we don't gatekeep, you know, if if you're into guns, we like you. Uh, But it is always interesting, people, you know, some of us have been into them, there wasn't a time we weren't into firearms, so there's some of those, like, um, those tropes, or just the Hollywood, you know, myths and legends and stuff, where, like, we just take it for granted, maybe, that that stuff is crap and and made up, but then, yeah, you're always sometimes humbled by, uh, you know, a customer who comes in, Uh, doesn't happen every day, but quite often we'll get... Yeah, there'll be some guy in like his 40s or 50s that just has never been into firearms, just never got into it, uh, for whatever reason. They want to be into them now, and uh, yeah, sometimes there's quite a bit of, of correction that we have to do. But it is always, uh, you know, like when I was like when I was growing up, you'd see something in the movie, and it just you just knew it was wrong because it's like, well, like we have that gun, or I just we I know about guns, and that's not right. And it is always. Uh, Interesting. Some of the stuff that Hollywood, some of our public, or you know, the perception of the guns. You know, like the, you pull up a gun and it just makes a sound. Right. It's like, well.
0: Yeah. No. There's a lot of weird stuff. Glocks out there. don't have a hammer. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of weird stuff out there that you got to like, dispel rumors yes. and myths yes. and whatever else. It's always uh, it's always a fun time trying to break down some of those uh barriers, which.
2: Like, There's, sorry not to interrupt, there's a lot of ones even in the gun, like, we'll hear stuff out of the gun counter that if you actually went to a skirmish, you would squash that myth, you know, or or learn that that is just some guy talking out of his butt at the (laughs) counter. You know, you can tell who hasn't actually run their stuff or tried it or, you know. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got anything else over there? Do you have anything else? Oh, I'm sure these guys talk about... Tattoo games all day.
0: Yeah, I mean, know, realistically, um, all I wanted to kind of get across to you guys as far as TTG goes is um, there's going to be multiple skirmishes uh, this year. Most of them will probably be at Escarpment Arms. Uh, we may try to get out to Attica again. I don't really know at this point. Um, but we want to see you guys there if you're interested in the skirmish um, and you need more information. um We'll be putting some links down below so that you guys can uh, reach out to me or you can go to the Tactical Games page and get some information on uh, what the rule sets are,
2: what the equipment requirements are. what was the training event you did? A combine? Are you going to do any of those again? Uh, so that's actually like really that's kind
0: of like the form that the skirmish is going to kind of start okay. to take is it's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. more of like a skilled okay, so development day. You were saying day. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of like it's interesting because that was something that that we kind of came up with here locally um and I don't want to I don't want to say that like I don't want to take credit for anything but like sure. just in general like it kind of came up over time we had hosted a couple of skirmishes and we had multiple different um iterations of the same thing where it was like there's some minor safety issue or some minor infraction or some minor misunderstanding of like rule sets or the way that things are supposed to be run or whatever and it just became like well maybe we could make this more of like a training based thing so we could kind of get sure. out in front of yeah. some of these things that we're seeing to kind of help people cuz you know here in New York state specifically the the gun culture and I I don't like to I don't like saying this cuz it always sounds mean but the gun culture just isn't that strong, and what it's I mean hard. by that yeah. is like, yeah, we've been we're so used to like just following all of these rules and having all of this stuff forced upon us that people don't know how to train with this stuff and use right. it right. Uh, effectively and efficiently because um, they're not used to having, you know, they. For example, yeah. most of us don't have detachable magazines, sure, right? Yeah. So that becomes a huge problem. Um,
2: or like operating on like what you call like big boy rules of having you know like you might have a holstered sidearm on you Correct. that's hot on a, and we're doing training stuff and you know we're moving around like we're you know uh, things are different at an event like that uh, and like you said in New York there's really not many uh, we we'll call them safe spaces where you know yeah you're gonna find a guy like I was never in the military like I don't know how to set one of these up to be like I can throw stuff on a thing because I watch the youtube video or whatever but uh, unless i go and test this out and see like oh shit i had my mags turned around the other way or whatever you know whatever those things are right uh you either like figure those out on your own or you have you know old sarge here to help you out if you have one of those friends uh or you go to a tactical games skirmish and that's where you test those things out and develop them and make those friends and and figure out so that's a really you good know, point. i stuff squared away.
0: Yeah, no, because I've actually had to point that out to people on a few different... So I was at, like, one of the bigger events. Like, it was a two-day event, and there was a guy who was there competing. Um, and, you know, I don't know everything, obviously, but I've been around sure. a while. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, uh, on your mags, I see that you've got this one going this way, and you've got this one going that way, and you've got this one kind of... And it doesn't seem like there's really any plan there. And I was like, so, like, talk me through, when you go through that emergency reload, like, where's your first magazine coming from? And he's like, well, I usually will reach, like, way over. He said, he said something that was, like, totally off. Like, sure. Like, just completely 180 degrees from what I, my thought process. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, check this out. Instead of going as far away... From my working hand as I can go to yeah, get yeah. my magazine yeah right I always try and get my next reload on the belt so that when I'm reaching for a magazine, whether it's for my pistol or whether it's for my rifle, I'm always going to the belt first right And a lot of people don't realize like I might have the placard up here mm-hmm. but I'm almost I'm never gonna reach for this first sure because if my if I'm holding my rifle and my rifle goes dry I want to go here because if I'm holding my pistol and my pistol goes dry I'm going to go here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I want to keep that the same. Sure. You know what I'm saying cuz yeah, the yeah. So I always I was telling him like the first magazine should always be closest to the magwell. Like your next magazine should always go and then when you're done you always Pull from here because this is the farthest magazine sure. away. Sure, like an
2: order. Right. Yeah, so yeah. now
0: this magazine is gone. This one comes over. This one is still good. Maybe I have a depleted one that's in my dump pouch because I wear a dump pouch, and then I'll take the depleted mag that's in my dump pouch and I'll put it maybe here or maybe even over here. Mm-hmm. So now I know, like, hey, this magazine, I can I can use it. But I'm not going to... I'm going to use it, like, later. Sure. Like, that's for future Pat when he's fucked. <laughs> so those are things that, like... You know, that's one example of one little thing, but, yeah. like, makes a big difference to have a plan. Sure, right. In that. And if
2: you'd never thought of those things, you know, if you've never gone down that road or had someone right. lead you through that, yeah, you'd never know.
0: Well, it's like... he didn't. He didn't understand the why. He didn't understand, like... Why do I need to have a plan for how my magazines are set up? Well, because I don't want to have to think about it. Right. Like I just right. I
2: just want it to happen. You got to worry about those targets. I'm, right. You know. I'm
0: holding an empty gun. Oh shit! Right. Let's fix that. And right. it just kind of happens. I don't have to worry about it.
2: Right. And not that it's uh, I don't think that's what everyone's like intent is or like in the back of their head, but you know, some of this the the thought behind it is if you had to do something, you know, to defend your your family or your neighborhood or your loved ones or whatever, like, you're doing this in a situation where no one's shooting back at you. So, like, yeah, yeah I don't really have to think about it in this situation I, because we're just having fun. I'm throwing a weight over my shoulder and I'm running over here. We're laughing. We're having fun with our buddies. But then there are some that would take it to that final evolution of, like, you know, what are we training for? Again, not that there's some, like, event or something specific, but just in a general sense, I want to be prepared that I can do all this stuff while I'm worrying about like, danger, something, you know, right. maybe that's an animal, maybe I'm out hunting, or maybe it's out, you know, it doesn't have to be people Could shooting, be any. Could be anything, yeah. but,
0: like, even just recently we saw where there was the snowstorm in Buffalo and there was sure. a lot of strain on an emergency service, sure. people were stuck in their homes or, like, mm-hmm. ostensibly their, their cars couldn't move around freely, right? Like, who wants to be vulnerable in that situation? Yeah. No. Right? No. So if... That had happened for an extended period of time for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. People could have potentially been at risk, um, and so obviously, if you have gear like this, right, you have it for a a reason, yeah. and it might not be like anything imminent, but just in the back of mm-hmm. your mind, if you know that you could find yourself in a situation where nobody's coming to help you, right, then you right. want to have you want to have more than just gear. You want to have knowledge. Sure. And you want to have some skills, skills. so.
2: What got, guys, got what there. else?
3: Um, we did have like one last question. Sure, uh,
0: cool. Let's do that, and then we'll call it. Call some, get some final words from our guest, and. I love
3: it. Hmm. Um, would you guys say a belt is a must, uh, and obviously cardio is a must too? But what a
0: belt, a yeah, a belt is paramount. So you're gonna need because for, um, well. If you're asking about the a competition, then yes, I would say a belt is a must. If you're asking about for real-world application, I would say yes, a belt is also very important there because I don't want to be carrying all of my weight mm-hmm. on my chest, mm-hmm. right? I want to be able to expand my kit out, and I like to be able to put stuff on my hips because it helps me to distribute the load, and, um, you know, it also helps... Not to restrict my breathing and and makes me slimmer up top. Sure, because it sucks to have your gear on and have it confine you. When I was a machine gunner in Iraq, we were forced, we were mandated to wear specific stuff. We had to wear a lot of stuff. We had to wear DAPS, deltoid auxiliary protectors, and um, we had to wear side plates, and we had to wear, you know, our our um, IBA, our Interceptor body armor, obviously. But we also had magazines. I also had magazines. And so I'm in my gunner's turret, and I'm very big. Sure. And I'm ve- Well, I'm not big, but I felt big, and my gear was big, and I was confined by all of the gear, hmm. and it felt really cumbersome. So, point being, you don't want to have all of that shit up here, if you have, to, if you don't have to, you want to distribute it as much
2: as you can. Sure, I want to ask a follow-up question sure. to that. If you could only, now this is obviously beyond like a TTG scenario. Sure, if you could only have one belt, all kitted out, or vest plate carrier, all kitted out. So,
0: the the vest, are we talking about a? Is it going to be just a chest rig, or does it offer ballistic protection?
2: I would say yeah, you know, it would offer ballistic protection. So it's
0: ballistic. Yeah. So it it increases my weight significantly. Or I guess you could
2: go you could add a third option and go with just a chest rig. That in that case I would probably go chest rig. Yeah. I think I would yeah. because I think that
0: gives me all of the I'm I'm big on mobility. Sure. Right, I want to be able sure. to move because I feel like people are hard to shoot when they're moving. So if I can stay moving mm-hmm. and I can stay lighter, like I can only cover up so m- much of my vital organs, sure, right? Sure. And realistically, if I get shot in something that's not my vital organs, that shit's gonna suck no matter what. <laughs> sure. You know yeah. what I mean? If I right, don't right, have right. anything, yeah. if I don't have anything protecting it, right, right, right. But I'll be able to move better if I mm. don't have the ballistic plates, right? Sure. So I think for me, a plate care or a uh, it just offers me the most rig. flexibility. A chest yeah, yeah. rig just offers me the most because I can even take that off if, God forbid, I needed to like ditch it.
2: Sure, be uh, you know completely gray. Right. Or if I just had to. I like, guess get of of that was kind of the that was kind of my 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 ask, I guess, or my scenario that I'm setting up is like, yeah, what's the most gray man uh, of those? Chest or rig. Like, if you're trying to be. Discreet, if you're trying not to <laughs> just be eating Capri Suns over the drinking Capri Suns. Uh, if you're just yeah, trying to be Capri you know, discreet fruit by the foot, or whatever, be... yeah, 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 yeah. Because this, I mean, you know, I guess like in order, yeah, like I would think maybe a belt only, I don't know, because the belt obviously is going to have a handgun. So that's very, mm-hmm. that's a weapon, you know, that's a thing. Uh, uh, a load-bearing vest or just a chest rig of some sort. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you see magazines, that's a big clue. But a chest rig, I mean, you know, I see hunters wearing stuff for their gear, for their binos, for their, you know, I got the IFAC over here. It could be it's very, kind of look, it could look yeah. kind of innocuous. Right. And but you a, could put a jacket over top This is obviously of it. very, like, you know, you're wearing this for one reason. Right. You know,
1: so, yeah. yeah. I don't what know, about just you, my... What do you think? I, I'm kind of going a different direction. I'd go for the belt. Okay. Yeah. So, you mentioned it. I have my gun on my side. hmm I'm easier to cover up. I mean, I'm bigger up top, so if I put something over there, if I wanted to go gray man and put something over there, right. I'm looking like I'm a 350-pound guy. Looking big, yeah. In this area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had everything I need there from mm-hmm. first aid kit, yep. extra mags, correct, gun, mm-hmm. any accessories I need on there, yep. tourniquets. Yep. And all there, I mean, you can have it all here. But you can't but I can cover still- it on the belt. See, the thing with the chest
0: rig that I think is beneficial to me is I can also, if I keep my chest rig on and i have a hoodie i can i can cover that shit up with a mm. hoodie and now i still have all of my gear but i'm still a little your ease bit ease of access
1: to your extra magazine yeah no hoodie, it's it's covered.
0: restricted yeah no I'm, you're, I'm still going ease of access there's all yeah there's always
2: the correct answer is to have all three correct pro- <laughs> no just absolutely. use them
0: that is true there are know? no there are yeah. no solutions right there's only trade offs
1: so yeah. let's talk about training like that, too. And I I, I know we're getting close on time, but sure. you and I talked about this, training full kit or no kit. And there's two schools in this, right? Mm-hmm. Some guys are like, you're going to be slick. You're going to grab your gear out of your truck and you're going to start running. Yep. You're going to be slick in most situations. Totally appreciate that. Yep, I prefer to train in my full kit because if I can train... And forty extra pounds of weight cool. sure. and still be able to run fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess how dangerous I'm gonna be without that forty pounds of weight on me. Sure. I'm gonna be running even faster.
0: That's always been yeah, that's always been my kind of mindset there as well is if I put the gear on, now I have one more disruption or one more um hindrance, one more challenge mm-hmm. that I have to overcome mm-hmm. when I'm Moving and when I'm shooting, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm restricted and I have more weight and my gun maybe doesn't fit exactly where it's going to fit right. when I don't have anything on me. And, you know, there's all these excuses. There's all these other things that can come into play, right? But if I don't have the, that stuff to... So if I train that all the time and then I take it off,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, I'm used to running when I weigh 25 or 30 pounds more. And I'm used to shooting when the gun is not as well connected to my body. Sure. And I'm used to getting off my long gun and getting to my handgun when there's more stuff in my way, right? So if I can minimize all of that, like training it first and then strip it all the way, it's already pre-programmed in. Like all the stuff that I was doing, now I can just do it more efficiently. Yep. Now, I'm, Now I'm just more efficient and more effective. So... There's more than one way to skin a cat, but if I had to pick one, like if you were like gun to your head, you can o- either train in your kit or no kit, I'm going to train with my kit. Because okay. if I had to, if I had to train slick and then put my gear on, I'd be in trouble. You're in judgment. But if I had to train with the kit and then
1: take the gear off, that's a net benefit. The stuff can always just drop off really fast and you Correct. can get going even faster. I'll, yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Cool.
2: Any uh, closing thoughts over there?
3: Yeah. Pat, I love you. Like,
2: okay. Um, but. but.
3: Wow. I'm just trying wow. to. There we go. Uh, you're talking about being inconspicuous with your plate carrier?
0: Uh-huh. No, I said with my chest rig.
3: Okay, with your chest rig. Like putting a hoodie in over and stuff? Yeah. But also. I'm just thinking about Batavia in the twi- in like 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh. wasn't that inconspicuous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We got busted. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that wasn't that inconspicuous, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily like know how that was going to
3: work <laughs> at the time. That's all I can think. I'm sorry. That's all I can think about in the conversation so.
2: That was a cluster. Yeah, but all, all I can think about is like what would have happened if that had actually gone south, like
3: yeah, if
2: things had actually gotten weird there. I guess like, we should put it
3: in context since we're talking about it. Go
2: ahead. Sure. Bro. So, when there was a bunch of civil unrest, uh, 2020, right, was going down. Batavia had an event. There was an event in Batavia. But
0: their event was was pretty good. All
2: peaceful, yeah. But, like, that's in retrospect. Nobody really knew because I think the intent. For all the a lot of the events that happened, like the organizers wanted them to be peaceful, and then there's people that take advantage and you know use it to flip cop cars and stuff and be
0: we we weren't sure how way it was going to go. And,
2: you know, Batavia. I mean, I think for a lot of us is more of a ho- our hometown than say Rochester. We f- I feel maybe more connected to Rochester now as an adult, but uh, Batavia is like where I grew up, and that's that's homes. And a lot of us felt that way. And uh, yeah, we hear there's this thing going down and. There's, like, businesses in Batavia that have, like, boarded up their windows and stuff. And it's, like, we kind of want to go just to, like, observe and kind of, like, Check well, out, like, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, like, be a Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't even know if I want to say that word to bring him into this. But, like, I know like I know the guy that owns that business, and I'm not going to let somebody destroy it. I'll put it that way, right? Like, I'm going to, we're just going to be here, and we're going to do whatever. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> a couple guys go into the crowd and uh, Pat was was our gray man, and they I was just not they gray. just he was made <laughs> I was like fat, dude. I had no so idea how, how thick it was. Just,
0: just it just didn't it, yeah. just didn't it just
2: didn't. And then I brought my drone. I had a drone, so I like set the drone up. I'm taking pictures of the crowd from like three three hundred feet up, probably like high up there to get like an overview of the crowd, just so I could you know get a picture of it. And we had our radios and stuff, and Ty's like, bro, get the drone out of here. What the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, why is this a problem? Like, I'm way up here. Well, somebody else had a drone, and they were, like, this high above the crowd. They were, like, right above it. So Ty thinks that's me, and so I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, I'll bring my drone back over here. So it was just a cluster, like, all the way around. Yeah, no, the the cops, like, were... Yo, they
0: were, like,
3: tailing us. They were following
0: us all over the place.
2: It was because there's like the protest, and then there's us over at like the tops, like parking lot in Batavia. We're just like, like watching five or stuff six, like, of, like no. yeah, there's we like, were, like five like, or six trucks. And, like, and meds, like, we, were, like, we did. To be there to help. We were, yeah, like if things had gotten weird and like people needed help, we would have been there. Like, yeah, that was that was our intent was just to be like good citizens to help others. But, but we're yeah, just like was, walking around and trying yeah. to
0: see and you know, but it was it was a cool event and like I thought that all the people Definitely there were like. They, I thought they were very, like, well-meaning and, and like, respectful yeah. and, like... it, it was Yeah, it was a good event. It was, yeah, it was very community-based, which we had, again, we had no idea. Um, but we knew all the... I knew all the people that were there in the most part, like, all the yeah. local people that were there. Yeah. And they're, like, really well-meaning, like, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. But but we... I looked dumb. I was... There.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. Matt, your wife says you're hot. Oof. That's, that's
1: fantastic. Am, oof.
3: I agree.
1: She showed me an amazing video from Savoyas the other day, how oh, they filled the uh, the donuts. I'll leave it there. Fantastic. Alright, right, so let's talk one last thing on uh, tactical games. Yeah, for sure. Man. I just want to get people out in understanding that the new layout, what we're going to be experiencing, it's not just going out there and going in the mud, destroying all your gear. There's going to be some of that, obviously but it's going to be more of a training event mm-hmm. and I, I think it's definitely valid for more people to come out mm-hmm. and even spectate yeah see so the spectators
0: sport. yeah that's a great point spectators are free we don't charge yeah. anything for people that want to come out and just and just take a look and, and just watch and see what it's kind of all about
1: one of my first times out i was i was actually there i was helping you out i was coaching, i was uh, you know cheering some of the guys on as they were out there through the events and it was fantastic even at that level sure so not yep. even to be running in it but to just be around it and talk to the guys afterward and find out what gear they were using and why they were utilizing certain setups on their rifles. And everybody has a different setup because we're all different. We're all shaped differently. We all have different connections with our rifles. So I I think it's just, Ty, did you, I sent you that link during here. Were you able to put it up? I the wrong one, but. Oh, of course. It's Of course. But you found it. Of course you found it. No. That wasn't you? No. That wasn't your Instagram?
3: No. Okay. No.
1: Oh, now, now we now we come down to it. I did send it to the right one. That really looks like him. That looks just like him. That looks just I, like you.
3: That's all dead. I don't use those anymore. Oh. I sent you a message. Oh. Anyways, we'll have so to sorry. get it
1: up after the fact. We'll, we'll squirt away. Uh, we'll have other ones in between now and when the next games are. It's March 25th. March the 25th. It's going Escarpment to be in Lockport. That yep. is Escarpment, Great group of guys. You're going to see people of all levels, like we talked about, mm-hmm. Dwayne and and everybody else, it doesn't matter. You had a question about cardio. It doesn't matter the cardio. Get out and find your weakness. Find what you need to work on. Yep. Even if it's your first time, everybody knows and understands it. We've all been there on a first run, a second run, beyond. You understand the process. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be great to get some involvement and get people out and loving it. Yeah, one of the things about
0: tactical games uh, that I think everybody has said, I, I'm beating this drum all the time is the community, mm-hmm. El- Great the community, community element of things, right? So to me, like, it's awesome when you're out there and you're having a difficult time and the people around you that are ostensibly competing against you are offering you some encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. Cheering on. And, yeah, cheering you on. And so, like, they, um, they put a special emphasis on like, cheering the hardest for the last person to compete the event, right? Mm -hmm. Because that last person that's competing that event, like, they're still giving it a maximum effort, right? That might be all that they have to give today, but, like, um, one of the things that, that they say in the tactical games is, all it takes is all you got, right? So, if you go out there and you're willing to put everything that you have into it, then you're going to have the respect and the admiration and the camaraderie of mm-hmm. all of your fellow competitors, right? And that's what it's all about. So we look forward to seeing you guys out there. 25 Absolutely. March, Escarpment Arms. We'll put a link in the uh, comments below. And um, thank you guys for watching the show. Mitch, thanks for coming out, man. Thank good you, to gentlemen. see you as thank always, you. You. my friend. Yeah. Brando, good show yeah. as always, my so friend. So much fun. Good job, guys, behind the boards, and um, thank you for watching.